0: Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to this week's Seneca Stoic Reading. I'm your co host, Ren. Today we're going to be looking at Seneca's Letter Six, which is a very short and sweet letter, but one that I think is very insightful because it allows us truthfully to see into Seneca's own personal journey as a Stoic, which means constant improvement, which is something he talks about here. I will be titling this letter, Sharing Your Journey, as that is exactly what Seneca is doing here, and encouraging us to do with his wise words. So, with that being said, probably a short and sweet reading here, let's get started. He starts off by saying, I see in myself, Lucilius, not just an improvement, but a transformation, although I would not venture as yet to assure you, or even to hope, that there is nothing left in me needing to be changed. Naturally, there are a lot of things about me requiring to be built up, or fined down, or eliminated. Even this, the fact that it perceives the failings it was unaware of in itself before, is evidence of a change for the better in one's character. In the case of some sick people, it is a matter for congratulation when they come to realize for themselves that they are sick. So a few things here. It's pretty plain language. You can see what he's saying here. I really like how he says that he doesn't even hope that there's nothing left in him to be changed. And too often, in I think it's basic human nature to be satisfied once you reach a certain goal, and that's enough improving, and just, you know, saying, oh, I'm happy with myself the way I am, so I don't need to do anything about it. It's fine to be happy with yourself, and in fact, Seneca will talk about it later in this letter, but you should never be satisfied there's a, and, and there's a key difference there. There's a difference between being happy, being content with yourself, and being satisfied. And this is the balance that Seneca is currently striking here in this paragraph, is that he is happy, he's celebrating that he is improving as a person, and that he's realized his faults and that he's trying to fix them. And that's exactly the mindset you should have. However, when you start to work to fix those things and you start to notice results, that is not a time to get complacent and be too happy, in a sense, to where you are satisfied, and you don't want to put the work in anymore. Because life gets kind of boring when you think that you're this, you know, best version of yourself, this, you know, good enough version of yourself, actually, and you don't want to improve anymore. It's a, it's a terrible place to be in life, because then what is the point of life? If you are somebody who's sitting there, and you're saying, I'm good enough, and you don't need to improve, then what are you doing with your day? Staying stagnant, staying complacent, that doesn't sound like a good way to live life. And so that's why I think the little caveat that he doesn't even hope that there's nothing left in him to be changed is a good thing. And then secondly, he talks about how the first step is always recognizing that you are weak. He talks about the sick people who it's a matter of congratulations when they realize they are sick. How, how many times can you think of in today's society where you have a friend who has, you know, this dirty habit or a vice that they're known for, and you say, well, you should probably stop doing that. Maybe it's, you know, drugs or they drink a lot or they go to a lot of parties or they do these things that are kind of self-destructive habits. You say you probably shouldn't do that as much. It's not good for you. And then what? what is the natural response? An excuse. Some excuse, oh, well, it's fun or, you know, I'm just enjoying myself or this is the time to do these things. No. <laughs> that's, it's all excuses. It's all excuse-based. And that's why the first step, especially when we have these younger generations who do this more and more and more where it's just excuse based and passing off the blame and never taking accountability accountability is always the first step something we stressed on the podcast episodes very frequently is that you simply acknowledging that there's an issue that you want to fix is something that's to be really praised it takes a lot of strength a lot of courage and a lot of self-awareness to just even realize that you have that problem so that's a matter of congratulation but once you do that you have to be like Seneca And naturally want to improve constantly, never being satisfied. Sure, you are content, but you are never satisfied. And you always hope to continue to work to improve yourself so that when you die, you can say, well, this is the best version of myself I could get in this time frame. So moving on to paragraph two, he says, I should very much like then to share this also sudden metamorphosis of mine with you. Doing so would make me start to feel a surer faith in the friendship that exists between us. That true friendship, which not hope, nor fear, nor concern for personal advantage ever sunders. That friendship in which and for, and for which, people are ready to die. I can give you plenty of examples of people who have not been lacking a friend, but friendship. Something that can never happen when mutual inclination draws two personalities together in a fellowship of desire for all that is honorable. Why can it not happen? Because they know that everything, and especially their setbacks, is shared between them. So Seneca really likes to talk about friendships. He does it a lot more in depth than this paragraph here in a couple of different letters. But what he's saying here is that the best, the strongest friendships, the one that he says you'll, you're willing to die for, are ones that are steeped in virtue and therefore the desire to be the most honorable, upstanding, virtuous person possible. And if you share that journey, why well, I'm titling it this, this letter that, when you share that journey with one or two or a few people who have similar goals, have similar values, and are on a similar path, then you kind of become one in the sense that you are sharing these values in this journey. And then when one person is set back, it's a setback for the whole group that we work to orchestrate a comeback from, that we say, here's our advice on how to get back up, get back on the horse, and keep working. And it's something that I've formed with a few people, Mateo uh, especially. That's why we started this podcast. And you know, I'll share that the, one of the favorite things about my friendship with Mateo is that when we haven't talked to each other for like a day because, you know, we're college students and we get busy. And then one of us is like, this happened to me today and this is how I reacted or something like that. What do you think about this? Like, what's your advice? It's one of my favorite things about the friendship. And that's what Seneca and Lucilius orchestrated through these letters is yes, Seneca was giving a lot of teachings, but he was also sharing his journey with Lucilius for feedback. And I think that's, we, we, we always talk about how we have social media, and you can really, with Snapchat, feel like you're talking to somebody all the time, and yet people feel so alone. It's because people are not, I love this line, they're not lacking a friend, they're lacking true friendship. Because what are you with like one line of text and a picture of somebody's wall, what are you gaining insight-wise from that friendship? Nothing. You're not gaining a lot of value. And we keep people around, especially on social media, who are more acquaintances, who are like, Oh, well, you know, they're fun to talk to, but do they bring any value to my life? No. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to go drop these people or do any of those things, but just realize that those are not actually friendships. Sure, you you can even call them your friend, but they're not friendships. Friendships are ones where you share your journey, you share your metamorphosis, as Seneca calls it, and you celebrate with those people. And you also share when you have setbacks, when you have rough days, you share those things because those are the people you can count on to pick you back up. And so you don't have that concern that they're going to stab you in the back, that fear that they're going to use you for personal advantage because... It's a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. It's symbiotic, if I were to use like a science term because I'm a sem student. And so that's what Seneca is sharing here, is that he views his relationship with Lucilius as that and recommends that people do the same. So paragraph 3 starts, You can't imagine how much of an alteration I see each day bringing about in me. Send me to you, will be saying, the things you found so effectual. Indeed, I desire to transfer every one of them to you. Part of my joy in learning is that it puts me in a position to teach. Nothing, however outstanding and however helpful, will ever give me any pleasure if the knowledge is to be for my benefit alone. If wisdom were offered me on the one condition that I should keep it shut away and not divulge it to anyone, I should reject it. There is no enjoying the possession of anything valuable unless one has someone to share it with. I shall send you accordingly the books themselves and to save you a lot of trouble hunting all over the place for passages likely to be of use to you. I shall mark the passages so that you can turn straight away to the words I approve and admire. So Seneca, that's a good friend. Uh, I don't do that. When I give people books, I let them kind of discover what they want to discover in those books, but that's a good friend to specifically mark the passages. But that's not the serious point from this paragraph. The serious point is he's talking about the value of teaching and sharing knowledge. And I'm a big believer in this. I'm someone who I feel I... I I'm i trying to try and say this as humble as possible. I feel like just genetically and with the work I put in to constantly be reading and consuming knowledge, I'm a pretty intellectual individual. And Being that way, I've always emphasized within my own personal life, sharing my knowledge with at least one other person. Now, social media, one of the reasons we we always talk down on social media is constantly sharing everything. And while that's bad, Seneca here is actually arguing that you should share a lot of what you know and a lot of what you possess because things of value are better when they are shared. That's That's all he's saying here. And he's saying that knowledge is one of the biggest things in this regard. And that's because, you know, if we all stayed in our own individual ideological bubbles, we didn't share what we knew, society wouldn't progress. you you have one village doing one thing really well, it's like a kind of basic economics thing. If one village, you know, has really smart knowledge on how to farm corn, and they keep that to themselves, and one village that's a town over knows how to farm, I don't know, tomatoes really well, that they keep that knowledge, then they're just going to progress and all they're going to eat are corn and tomatoes, versus if they shared that knowledge, then boom, you've got corn and tomatoes Salsa or something—I don't know. I don't. I don't cook. But the point being is that by sharing this knowledge, you're building up the value in society, right? You're building up society's base knowledge and therefore improving society, which should be your goal. It also makes you more fulfilled because, truthfully, if you are somebody who you have this great breakthrough discovery, and I'll use the gym for an example. These gym influencers. If you're somebody who you're at the gym, you discover a new exercise or new variation on an exercise, and you're like, "Oh, this is cool." Nine times out of ten people are going to feel cooler if they share it with somebody, and somebody's like, oh yeah, this really helps. And you're helping other people. Helping other people is the best feeling in the world. And that's something that Stoics maybe aren't known for, but Seneca's expressing here. And actually, is the whole idea behind these letters is him helping Lucilius in his journey. And one example I'd like to use, something that's kind of a pet peeve of mine, is with media companies like the New York Times. And the New York Times isn't special in this, but when they put a paywall behind information, behind opinion articles, behind all those things, I have a real problem with that. Yes, do they need to make money? Sure. But we shouldn't be prioritizing the profit and money over knowledge. And so that's just a personal kind of example for me of when it doesn't work and it goes the opposite way of what Seneca is saying here. So finally, he says, personal converse, though, and daily intimacy with someone will be of more benefit to you than any discourse. You should really be here and on the spot, firstly because people believe their eyes rather more than their ears, and secondly because the road is a long one if one proceeds by way of precepts, but short and effectual if by way of personal example. Cleanthes would never have been the image of Zeno if he had merely heard him lecture. He lived with him, studied his private life, watched him to see if he lived in accordance with his own principle. Plato, Aristotle, and a host of other philosophers all destined to take different paths, derived more from Socrates' character than from his word. It was not Epicurus' school but living under the same roof as Epicurus that turned Metrodorus or Marcus, and Polyanus into great men. And yet I do not summon you to my side solely for your, the sake of your own progress, but for my own as well, for we shall be of the utmost benefit to each other. Meanwhile, since I owe you the daily allowance, I'll tell you what took my fancy in the writings of the today. What progress have I made? I am beginning to be my own friend. That is progress indeed. Such a person will never be alone. You may be sure he is a friend of all. So, what we can take from this is three things, and he actually outlines two of them. First, people will believe their eyes rather more than their ears. Lead by example is what, what he's... Lead and learn by example is what Seneca is saying here. We talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago how social media is very results-based when it comes to influencers and they want to see you're either doing cool things or if you're a gym influencer, you look like Sam Sulek, you look really, really jacked, or... You have, like, these makeup tutorials, and if it's a good look, then it gets a lot of views, if, in theory. If it's not, I mean, if it's horrendously bad, it'll probably get a lot of views, too. But it's a very result-based economy. And so doing that means that you have to view it. You can't just hear about it. And it's a natural human tendency, right? If you hear someone saying, oh, well, you know, I just I just won the lottery, you're going to be like, do you have any proof? Like, you look pretty shabby. Like, are you sure you won the lottery? Or, you know, you're like, oh, I got a 98 on my test. Everybody's like, oh, let me see, right? Now, as we mature and we get older, it kind of balances out more, but we still trust our eyes more than our ears. And that's because it's very easy to lie when you are just talking about things. It's not so easy to lie when you have to go out and actually do it, put in the work, and show the results. And that's, that's what Seneca is saying here. So his advice is we all want to live by example, and we always observe and judged by example so why don't we learn by example as well and then secondly he's saying it 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 really shortens your personal journey your path to virtue if you do that if you are just kind of someone who sits there and you know picks up a text every now and then and like uses one thing to improve their life that's not terrible you will eventually get the virtue but it's a lot it's a lot longer road than if you had personal examples who are close to you in your own personal life who you could ask her advice on the spot and you could observe how they live day to day virtuously a lot quicker road and finally seneca makes the point that progress is beginning to be your own friend now this is kind of a nuanced topic because you know you have marcus aurelius who says be strict with yourself and tolerant with others and a variety of other stoic philosophers who are very very it seems hard on your own individual person you have to be very strict with yourself very disciplined that is the nature of the school of stoicism but what seneca is saying here is that you also have to learn how to be your own friend and it makes sense think about if you are somebody who if you hate yourself you hate a certain aspect of the way you're living or you lack confidence you're going to project that as you walk through life if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of confidence in themselves you're not going to magically conjure up confidence to project to other people so the theory is then that, you, and it kind, of sounded, it kind of sounds hippie for me to say this, but I'm a big believer in the energy you project is the energy you attract, right? And so if you're somebody who you're very quiet and you kind of are in your own little bubble in your shell, and you don't want to be called on, you don't want to be talked to, you just kind of want to live your life and you don't have a lot of confidence, then you're going to attract insecure people as well. But if you're somebody who you, in this journey, discover how to, love yourself and be your own friend which Seneca is saying here you won't be alone and you're going to be a very friendly amicable person because you're friendly to yourself so like it as with anything it starts internally we started out in this letter with Seneca on his own internal journey of self-improvement and we end with the biggest self-improvement of all which is learning how to love yourself and become your own friend because you are the most dependable person to yourself because Who's going to have your best interests in mind most of the time? Probably the person who stands to benefit the most from it, you. So therefore, you have to learn how to be your friend so you can go out into the world and project this confidence and this love so that you can attract similar love, similar friendly people, and then find those people who have similar values and ultimately grow because of it. And so that's the biggest self-improvement of all. But with that being said, this has been Letter 6 of Seneca's Letters from a Stoic. Very short and sweet today, but one of my personal favorites if we had to rank these letters, because it's one of the rare letters where we get to see just personally how Seneca is feeling about his journey towards virtue. And we can see that one of these pillars of this school was nowhere near perfect, and he acknowledged it. And so the lesson that we can gather is, if we are not perfect, if we make mistakes, if we are some people who we never are perfect, or we never reach that kind of idealistic view of virtue, that's fine. We lose when we stop trying to get there. That's what Seneca is saying today. So, thank you for listening as always, and join me next week as we cover Letter 7.